Look at a base where the ops tempo is just madness. Look at a flight line that doesn't stop turning aircraft. You will find some work centers with high morale, some with low morale, some work centers that are consistently killing it, and some work centers that are consistently falling behind. That is a fact. The workload doesn't always drive negative morale. Now when it starts creeping in and damaging our life and causing consequence with our families and burning us out. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilsher. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast, everyone. It's time for our midweek mindset. This is usually the point in the week where I want to give you a little something extra to get you through to the weekend. Uh, today, I usually bring support, but I think today I'm going to be bringing a little bit of challenge. And so it'll be different than what you normally get and hopefully in a good way. And so some of you need to hear this message and some of you need to share this podcast with someone or share this video with someone. So either way, make sure you do that, whether it's for you or for someone you lead, someone you know, this podcast might have a little more challenge than usual. But the quote for today is, act as if what you do makes a difference. Because it does. What you do makes a difference. And that quote comes from William James. So act as if what you do makes a difference because it does. And here's what I want you to picture. All right, picture this, that you're going to your favorite fast food place. Now, I don't know what your favorite fast food place is, but for my family, we can't really agree. So for the sake of the argument, we're going to use Chick-fil-A. All right, we'll use Chick-fil-A for our favorite fast food experience. Now, we're not just talking about food, right? But I want you to think about, hey, the food, the experience, the customer service, the client, everything, right? What is, what is your favorite fast food place or your, your best experience? So we'll say Chick-fil-A. And then we're going to think of our least favorite fast food experience. And I, it's got to be a chain. It could not be, but let's use a chain for this one. And because I want to compare apples to apples, we're going to use uh, KFC. So we'll use KFC for this one as well. So we got Chick-fil-A, we got KFC. And if we were to compare their menus on the surface, they're pretty similar. So we look at KFC, they're serving chicken, they've got French fries, they've got CR Mist, <laughs> maybe not as good as Sprite. You know, I'm not, not a hater, but it sucks. And uh, so they got CR Mist, they got uh, macaroni and cheese, they got chicken, French fries, they got the whole, the whole shebang there, right? Crispy. It's good. It's delicious, right? The kernels blend of herbs and spices. And then you go right down the street to Chick-fil-A, and they've got pretty much the same thing. They've got fried chicken. They've got sandwiches, mac and cheese. They don't got mashed potatoes, but that's cool. They got uh, mac and cheese, and they have Sprite, the real deal. And so Sierra Mist, trash. Sprite is the new hotness, uh, as the kids say 20 years ago. So you go to Chick-fil-A, you go to KFC, and what you're going to find is that the experience is dramatically different. Dramatically different. And it starts from the moment that you pull up, right? If you're going through the drive-thru, you pull up, there's somebody there to greet you. They got an iPad. They're happy. They're excited. They throw you a smile. They ask you for your name. Then they put in your order. If you want to pay by card, cool. You want to pay by cash, you go to the window. They're there to help you through the menu. What a different experience that is. Then you pull up and there's like people all along the way. And the thing that makes it so different in my mind is not just that there's people. But every single time, whether I go to Chick-fil-A at 10 a.m., I go to Chick-fil-A at noon, if I go at 8 p.m., whatever, anytime that I go to Chick-fil-A, the people there are always, by the time I get to the window, they're laughing inside. Every time. They're joking inside. They're having a good time inside. There's somebody outside the window usually helping me put my drinks in my car. And then they tell me, you know, I, I always say thank you, and they say it's our pleasure which everyone is starting to do, by the way. And the secret is, it's not in the words, our pleasure. 
The secret is that, hey, every step along the way, it really felt like it was their pleasure. And so they don't have to say uh, it's our pleasure, although I'm sure there's a lot of research that says it works. But it's not just that they say our pleasure, it's that, that it felt like it was their pleasure to serve me. And man, that, that, that's a really big deal. I want to go back. And so every Chick-fil-A experience is very similar. And so now we're going to flip it and let's talk about KFC. And I'm not down on KFC. We order it all the time. It's delicious, uh, but the drive-through experience is always very different. Yours may be different. Your mileage may vary. But for me, when we go to KFC, what do we get? Right? Like usually you pull up to the line, the intercom isn't always working, or it's working to some degree, like, back up to KFC, uh, can I take your order? You're like, what? And and that starts off your experience. And so you pull up and, and you order your food, and sometimes they have what you want, they don't. Then you get to the window and I've never been treated like anything other than an inconvenience at a KFC. Never. Never. So I get up to the window. They usually like slide the door open, take my card, and then close the door. It's like, what just happened, right? Like, are, are, they, are they swiping my card? Are they copying down my numbers? Am I about to get hacked? Like, I have no idea what's happening right now. And then they give me my order, and sometimes it has what I want. Sometimes it's missing. Sometimes it's, it's crazy how consistently bad the service can be at one place. And I feel like KFC when I was a kid, like back in the old days, right, that used to have a higher standard, a higher quality. But if we look at KFC and we look at Chick-fil-A, this is not like a business podcast. I'm not trying to break down their business model, but I'm simply saying the experience is different, but the task is the same. They're frying chicken. You may like one over the other. I don't care. They're frying chicken. They're making French fries. They're taking orders. They're filling drinks. They're handing it to you through a window after they swipe your card or take your cash and make change. Very similar experience, but couldn't be more different in how you receive it and how it makes you feel and if it makes you want to come back again. Now, we keep going back to KFC because food is good. Mashed potatoes are trash, but the food is good, right? I love their chicken. It's really delicious. Their gravy, I like to take the crispy skin and dip it in the gravy. That's always been one of my things. That's why my cholesterol is high, apparently. So good. Makes me mad. I weigh like 150 even and I have high cholesterol. Like I'm pretty pissed by that. Anyway, moving on. But the same, same job, same tasks, same everything, but crazy change. Crazy change. And the same thing is true where you are. If you've been in the Air Force longer than five minutes, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, uh, in your industry, you know that the same task can be done in two different locations and dramatically different experiences. Think about finance. There are some finances that you go into and you go in and it's like people are happy. They're excited to help you. They're playing games. They're talking to each other. They're laughing and their customer service is on point. Everyone seems to be high morale. They don't have a backlog of work. The room isn't full. Like that's their experience and your experience. And then you go to other bases and it feels like you're in the waiting room of hell. And I don't say that lightly. It's like, nobody's happy. It feels toxic. Nobody's talking to each other. People are backbiting each other to customers. Oh, I was trying to get that done, but man, I was going to go home early today, but so-and-so caught like, and you hear those things and that's real as reality. And the same thing is true of ammo and calm and intel and maintenance. Everywhere that we go, the same job is being done differently. The same job is being done to different experience. Now I know the mission isn't always the same. The workload isn't always the same. But if you're the type of person who says, yeah, well, we're just so busy here. That's why we're miserable. You are delusional. You are fooling yourself and you're using that to justify your bad leadership or your laziness or your apathy because you've given up. 
But the fact is, look at the places where people are the most busy. Look at a base where the ops tempo is just madness. Look at a flight line that doesn't stop turning aircraft. You will find some work centers with high morale, some with low morale, some work centers that are consistently killing it, and some work centers that are consistently falling behind. That is a fact. The workload doesn't always drive negative morale. Now when it starts creeping in and damaging our life and causing consequence with our families and burning us out, that is a legit concern. And that should be a surge. It shouldn't be our normal operations, but sometimes that is normal operations, and I acknowledge that. But the fact is, is that you can have two different leaders, two different teams doing the same mission, and there will be a dramatically different result when it comes to morale and the performance of the team members. And if you don't believe that, you're, you're I don't want to call you part of the problem, but you're circling that drain. If you believe that external factors drive the way your people feel about coming to work, you don't value yourself enough. You don't value yourself. You don't view what you do as something that makes a difference in their lives. I always talk about 2017. I would go to work. I would have panic attacks in my office after I would meet with my squadron leadership because I, I was in such a miserable environment. But when I came back to work, my people had no idea. I created one of the greatest cultures I'd ever been a part of with help. I had great help. Tech Sergeant Mangridge, greatest tech sergeant in the history of the United States Air Force, Tech Sergeant Jones, Sergeant Alexander, Sergeant Chisholm, Sergeant Burnett. Like There were so many great people that I was able and fortunate and lucky to partner with. But at the end of the day, I was miserable. The culture was bad. But we created something amazing because I was able to change my greenhouse. Not the greenhouse I existed in, not the greater culture of my squadron or my flight, but my greenhouse. My greenhouse, I was able to focus on and make real changes. And the same thing is true for you. We blame leadership and we blame culture. We blame the mission and we blame the environment. We're looking all around us and we resign our expectations for what we can accomplish. You may be carrying an umbrella and getting bricks dropped on you, but that doesn't mean they have to roll down. They say stuff rolls downhill. Well, it should stop with you. It should stop with you. You need to break your external focus, break your defeatist mindset. If you're leading burger flippers instead of sandwich artists, right? If you're leading burger flippers, then in my opinion, and, and, and I'm sorry if this hits home, in my opinion, and challenge me, send me an email, mark at marktilster.com. Send me an email. Let me know where I'm getting this wrong. But I think one of three things is probably happening. Here's the first. You're not healthy enough to lead these people. You're probably getting bricks dropped on you you're being beaten, you're being uh, just ground down, and you don't have enough surplus to take care of your team. It's possible. It's possible. And what do you do in that situation? Well, you got to get healthy. First of all, it's not going to happen at work. You're going to have to crank it up in other areas. You have your four pillars. If you're in the Air Force, we have five peace index items, right? So we have purpose, place, provision, physical health, and people. You need to assess yourself one to 10 in each one of those areas. Where am I doing? And the most important part is how do I get better? And if you rank yourself one to 10 and average those out, you should get a percentage. So maybe you're 50% healthy, 40% healthy, 30% healthy. You got to be above 60, trending towards 70, banging on the door of 80. You need deep roots because trouble comes, hardship comes, surges happen, mission happens, people get sick, people die, people kill themselves. You have deep roots. So it's got to be deep so that you can weather those storms. The hard times are coming. I promise you. The lifespan of everyone around you, or the lifespan, the life expectancy of everyone around you is zero at the end of the day. The mortality rate, everyone around you will die before you are after you. That alone is tragic. 
Everyone around you will get out of the military. Everyone around you will either lose their spouse, get divorced, or die. Like one of those things is going to happen. And it's not to be dark, but at the end of the day, you've got to have deep roots. You owe it to yourself to get healthy, but what you do matters. So it's not just about you. It's about leading them. You're the only leader they have right now. You've been given them. They're the greatest gift you'll ever have outside of your family. Greatest gift God will ever give you. But if you don't have the health to take care of them, you owe it to them to get healthy. And that them can be your spouse. It can be your children. It can be your wife. I said that already. It could be your spouse, your children. It could be your team members. They deserve it. You're the only leader they've got right now. The military issued you them. You chose to get married and you had kids. Any of those or all of those could be true. If you're not healthy enough, you need to get into the light. You need to get healthy. You owe it to yourself. How are you going to do this? Little by little incremental changes. What can you do different today? If you don't have ideas, listen to my podcast episode, The Peace Index. We'll get you rolling. I have a whole episode on it. Or you don't have the skill set. Not your fault. The military never taught me what to do when there's drama. Gossip, my boss doesn't like me. I'm in toxic culture. Or I have a toxic leader. Never learned what to do. No class ever taught me what to do in those situations. Ever. And that sucks. And I feel bad for you. That's what I do with my day job, with my life is try to get skills into your hand. You want a quick way to level up? The Leader's Garden, How to Grow Healthy, High-Performing People. That's my book. Get it on Amazon. Pro tip, secret. It's available today for $5. I had to drop the price for a reason. Uh, I won't share what that is right now, but I had to drop the price for a reason. And uh, so you can get it for five bucks. I'm going to bump the price back up almost right away. But I haven't been able to, to do that yet because I need to make sure this other thing happens first. So right now, you can get my book for $10 off. It's usually $14.99. Now it's $5. So Leaders Garden, go to book.marktilster.com. That's one way to get your skill set up. Get certified in my program. That's another way. Shameless self-promoter here. But read books. Read and go to webinars. Watch YouTube videos. There's a lot of ways that you can level up your skill set. But you might not have the skill set to lead them, and that's not your fault. But it is your fault if you don't do anything about it. Next is your mindset. Maybe you don't have the mindset for it. Maybe you've got a defeatist attitude. Maybe you're no longer optimistic. You're pessimistic. All those things drive behavior. What you do matters. What you think matters. And so you're going to have to start to switch your mindset. How do you do that? A lot of ways. You can do devotions and affirmations in the morning. You can practice vision, right? You can, at the end of the day, reflect what worked today, what didn't work today. I've had podcast episodes on all of these things. But you can start to change your mindset. But the first part of that mindset is you've got to stop thinking you can't. And there are people on your team and people that work for you or people that work around you that don't believe they can make a difference. And so they do something that doesn't make a difference or adds to the problem. What they do matters, and it matters in a negative direction. And you have the ability to matter in a positive direction. But you got to change your mindset. you got to up your skill set, and you've got to get healthy. I've had probably one of the hardest years of my entire life, by far. And I've got this new lease on life because what I'm doing is really working, and thanks to my wife for all of her research and help. But at the end of the day, right now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build roots. I'm trying to, to create a system and rebuild relationships and build systems into my business and, and devote time, effort, and energy to my team, all of these things so that when the next storm comes, my roots are deeper than they were last time. And I may be able to weather that storm and get through it and get to the other side because I have deep roots. But it takes time. And right now, you know, they're not so good. They're not so deep. I'm not going to lie. But I've got this new lease on life and I'm trying to, to really practice what I preach and rebuild relationships and, and all the things that, that I need to do right now. And you can do exactly the same thing. If you've got a defeatist mindset, I understand. I wouldn't judge you if you walked into my office and I just took over as your supervisor. But I would judge you six months from now on what you did with the time that you had. And that's what you've got to figure out. What are you going to do with the next six months? 
because what you do matters. It matters so much. And if you're blaming others, if you're blaming the culture, if you're blaming your leadership for the culture that you lead, you have forgotten that. You forgot what you do matters. I believe in you. I'm here for you. I'm fighting for you every day. Can't wait to see you again. I'll see you on Wednesday, Monday. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire. 